have we got a nice band here that plays for us week after week? Sean, Sean Losey, you need to come down here and talk to me. Just a second. Come on down. Yeah, uh, let me, I just need to talk with Sean for a minute. So you, it's just between him and I. So, but uh, you can bring me listen on. God is doing a special work among his people. And I believe in difficult times, God can bless his people, when, especially when they're faithful. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you have any idea what I'm going to talk about? Well, actually, he and I were chatting the other day, and Sean is a graduated from high school a year ago. Two ten, and and you know it's not easy to get jobs right today, is it? And Sean was applying for a job, and tell me how many people were applying for this job that you were asking? Fifty one people were applying for the job, and two people got it, and you weren't one of them. No, yeah, you were one of them. Yeah. Is God good or what? It's awesome. And where are you working, Sean? Um, it's, it's just for the state. It's just like just for the state. Yeah. Yes. We're going like uh, like all the different um uh, like all the towers and stuff. That's up. You just go in like you read like different meters and stuff. They're teaching me how to do it. I'm, I'm a newbie. <laughs> God is good. And and when when Sean told me about that and and he said you know 51 people applied you know and it's not easy. You know, I was listening to a television program, and these college graduates were saying how they put in an application, an application, an application, and they get no response. And Sean knows God, and and he uh, just trusts in God, and God supplies. Hey, let's hey. let's give the Lord a hand. I had to give you a hug. <laughs> right, Sean. It it is very cool to see God working. You know, and, and I just, uh, I wanted to take a moment to, to just continue to pray for a, a couple of uh, things that uh, I wanted again to bring our attention to. In your bulletin, you'll see a place where we're praying for our area churches. And, and we have a bunch of good churches in our area. And, and I want you to take special mention and, and special notice of praying for our area churches. This week, let's remember Reverend Jason Elliott at First Westminster Presbyterian and Reverend Bill Westling, uh, Brentwood United Methodist. I go by his signs every night or when I go home. And, uh, and they are having uh, a, a kind of a, a fun day. They call it not quite victory in the Ville. I gave Emily the wrong uh, words. I think they call it victory in Deville. And, and it, if you haven't been there for that, it's a, it's a kind of a fun activity, free food, all the picnic kind of stuff, and then they have bands that are playing all day long, and uh, it's, it's kind of nice if you can uh, get by, but we want to pray and remember these folks. You see, the kingdom is big. The kingdom is big. It's not just word of life. Word of life is important, you understand? And we need to keep it strong. We need to keep the place clean. And we need to be worshipers. We need to come and we need to be faithful. But we also need to understand that we can reach out. We can reach out to our missionaries all over the world. And we have those. But And they're in your prayer guide if you don't haven't noticed lately. But we, I'd like to take our time. And we're, as we... Continue to pray for churches around this city. And I want to pray right now 
for for these two. Lord, uh, I love these two guys, uh, Jason Elliott, who has Word of Life connections and background, and and Bill Wesling uh, of the United Methodist, excuse me, Brentwood United Methodist, Methodist Church. I pray for their activity uh, this coming Saturday. I pray for success. I pray for souls to be saved, and I pray that their church will will continue to proclaim the gospel. You will meet all their needs financially and be with their pastor and leadership team, oh God. And the same for a Westminster Presbyterian, First Westminster Presbyterian, Jason Elliott, and, and his family of leaders and family members of the churches down, uh, the church there downtown. Lord, as they continue to proclaim the gospel, Lord, I, I know Jason has a heart for you. And he has a heart to challenge his people to reach out to their neighborhood and to the world. Lord, continue to do your work through them. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you take your Bibles, we're going we're gonna to be skimming through some chapters in, in 1 Samuel today. And we have been talking, and, and over the last month or so, we have kept bringing up elements of the story of David. And, and there is something special about this man. There is something special. Uh, and uh, David was a great man. He wasn't a perfect man, you understand. We know well. He was not a perfect man. But he was known for great victories and great achievements. What, what set him apart? What set him apart? He, he ushered in a, a time of, of prosperity, a golden age of, uh, for the, the nation, both spiritually, economically. But what made the difference in this man? God called him a man after God's own heart. What set him apart? I would would say that it is not what he did as much as it who he was. And it's the truth in all of us. His heart was for God, a man after God's own heart. He had this heart for God before he was a big shot. He had a heart for God when he was out in the field. And you know, and it's, it's interesting how different people are different you know, how they, their, their experiences have made them different in their lives. Some people uh, were hard workers and, and became prosperous, did, did some good things and, and from a financial point of view. Some people got all their money from their parents. So they were kind of different. Some of them became important because of, of some things that happened. Some people came and became important because of what they did and how they... They handled their lives. But, you know, before anybody called prayer meetings, David was out in the field singing. And singing songs to God. You know, and we read one of them already. Before, a lot of people were worrying about what, the, what their sacrifice needed to be to temporarily cleanse them from sin. But he was out in the field and he was singing and writing, The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me in quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness. And over to Psalm 25, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul in you. I trust, O God. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. Psalm 27. I love this one. The Lord is my light. How many know the song? Frank, do you know that? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom then shall I fear? The Lord, and, and it just, it kind of bubbled out from David's heart. He was a worshiper and he just sat in the field. He wasn't encouraged by Nick's praise band. He didn't have drums. He didn't, Sean wasn't there. And Nathan and Billy, sometimes Joey when he's not off with the government and taking care of his uh, military service. But he, he was a worshiper and he just loved to sing songs out of his heart. You see, and, and we begin to get the character of who this guy was. Who was David? You see, the battles... The lion and the bear revealed his heart. He trusted in God for physical challenges. The challenges that were bigger than he was. The battles, the giant, the Goliath, the Philistines revealed his heart. heart. He saw many of the issues in a spiritual context. The, he saw a lot of the physical issues. He saw even non-spiritual things like Goliath. He was just a, a, a mountain of a man. And how was he going to, to do that? But he saw that in a spiritual way. Remember when he said, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. I come against you. A challenge that didn't seem to be in his psalm book. In his song or psalm book. Goliath wasn't there, but, but he saw it as a spiritual challenge. And, and I think today, church, if I can just do a little sidebar, some of you are experiencing some Goliaths. Some of you are experiencing some, some, some Goliaths. But I think you can come to your Goliath like David came to his. I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. 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 What do you suppose almighty means, Tom? Almighty, eh? Yes. I think you're good, Tom. You're quick. Almighty. Almighty. He is able. And, and the challenges of your life. And, and we were sitting with some minister's friends, and we had a, a, a minister's picnic yesterday down in Cambridge. 
and Gloria and Emily and I were down and uh, we were listening to some of the challenges that my brothers and sisters have. And probably not unlike those that you might have. But I'm telling you, you can come against them in the name of the Lord Almighty. You see... In, in Jesus' case, he came against a lot, of, a, a, a lot of physical challenges when he was here on this earth, feeding the 5,000, calming of the sea, changing the water into wine. And, and he, he noticed and he was able to come against these issues with the power of the gospel. God was preparing David. God would be preparing David for something greater than where he was at at the moment. He was a shepherd. He was uh, a killer of Goliath. He He could stop the lion and the bear, but God was preparing him for something greater. And it wasn't in the way that he thought he should be prepared or the way that God might do it. How do we get ready for stuff? And it's not in the way that we think sometimes, church. Let me me compare David with Saul, uh, King Saul, for just a minute. Saul was was crowned uh, very quickly after Samuel anointed him. As you remember, the nation of Israel demanded a king. So uh, God allowed it. He had Samuel anoint him. But the preparation that Saul had was not the same. And it almost appears without the strength that comes uh, by working through and winning private battles. Saul's public victories exposed a previously hidden weakness in him. So you see, the, the Saul had not the chance to, to, to assimilate where God was, was working and, and wanted to work and to prepare. But, but David's journey was completely different. He was, he was anointed. He even had some victories. He even went to the palace. But God said, you're not ready yet. I've got some things that you're going to go through. And, and he probably said, man, if I could just find some five, that five-hour energy, I could make this. You know, just a shot of caffeine would help, you know. Um, or, uh, you know, something would, ha- would happen, but that's not what David did, you see. Dave, what David did, and I want you to mark this down and turn with me, please, to, to 1 Samuel chapter 30. And this is after a, a bit of this, this disruption and hardship that we're going to talk about in David's life. You see, David didn't encourage himself. He didn't get his strength from stuff, from other people, from other things, from praise music, even though he was a praiser. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Now, this is after uh, an extreme testing in his life, and I'm not going to get into that right now. We may later. But even Saul's own 
friends and army and his own men were turning against him. And David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. His men. Each one was bitter in spirit because his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Why don't you just say that last part, but David, starting with that, and you say it out loud with me. But David found strength. One more time. But David found strength in the Lord his God. It can sometimes be easy for one person to tell the other person, hey, talk to the Lord. He'll help you. It's easy. It's almost easy for me to say it to you, but I, I'd encourage you to, to understand this and begin to see how, how it works in our lives and how it worked in David's life. Because David's journey was a trial by fire. He got his MS degree by rejection and his master's degree by ups and downs. He had a tough life, especially at, at this particular time in his life that we're talking about beginning around 18th for Samuel. You see, David's schooling began in high school. David's schooling began in high school when he took music class and he took a harp and vocal technique. And he, he might have had a 4-H class of uh, raising sheep, field dressing wild animals, and cutting up the food like Leonard would do if he had a bear and out in the backwoods there in Hopedale. You have some bears out in Hopedale, my Hopedale friends. Seen any bears lately? Yes. But anyway, you know, that was some of his early, I'll call it his high school days. And he, uh, Nathan, probably had some Taekwondo classes to, to kind of fake out the lion and the, and the bear. Because he would, he, I don't know how he killed these animals, but I'm sure there was some, some I don't want to hurt you, yes. but if you insist. You know, uh, and, and, and so all these different classes that he was taking, the military class that, that, that he probably would have taken in his high school of how to use the slingshot. You know, and I don't know how many of these classes he took, but, but, but he, apparently he got pretty good at that. And then he was anointed as king. He got some pats on the back because he would kill Goliath. And that Goliath thing, that was kind of his, his, uh, his high school extension material, you know, where they'd have to go out and do something in public service. And uh, then he was moved to the, to the palace and became friends with Jonathan, Jonathan and became Saul's right-hand man. This was all high school. And for those of us that are through high school now, we say, those were the fun times. Now, the high school people may say, oh, I don't know. It wasn't so easy, you know. But maybe compared to what was coming up, and, uh, and he was going to, he kind of got through and he got his graduation from high school, and I'm not sure what kind of degrees, but then he was ready to go to college. And God was going to begin to prepare him, you see. 
for, for a special job that he had to do. You, so, you see, for David, it wasn't just killing a lion, killing a bear, killing Goliath, being a part of the army that would, would chase after the Philistines. God had a special place. It wasn't just being a shepherd. It wasn't just being an all-around good guy. It was being prepared for the throne. David would need to be able to lead the people. Lead people. And, and God was preparing him for that. And um, as I thought about how to, to picture this for us, I decided that I would picture it as, as five courses, five classes in, in year uh, progression, if you would. You know, those of us that if you went to college, you might have taken a, a 100 series class, you know, a 101 class, and then you'd go to the second year, and they'd, even though they don't always take them in those in that exact progression. You might take a, a 200 series and then a 300 and 400 and 500 and 600 and whatever, you know. But they would keep going year by year and get a little tougher. So I've decided that we needed to have uh, and, and look at this in kind of a class progression thing. And the first class that I see David had to get through was what I'm calling PFTT 101. Now, you know, everything is initials nowadays, and Emily taught me how to do this. P-F-T-T, that stands for preparing for the throne. Okay, you with me so far? That's the first class. Uh, P-F-T-T 101, preparing for the throne, and that class would entail understanding conflict, disruption, and challenges. The tough stuff. David learned and assimilated some ideas and was affirmed by God. And I, I think God is, is as, as we look at these classes, we need to kind of look at them for ourselves. Stuff that David went through, he may be bringing us through. And he may be sending you to PFTT class 101. Uh, preparation for the throne, understanding conflict. Because he went through it. He went through it. David went through it. And I bet you some of you have or will go through some of this stuff that we'll, we'll talk about in class number one. Preparation for the throne 101. Understanding conflict. David would learn to take a licking and keep on taking. How many even remember that phrase? Do you have the watch? Now, isn't it, wasn't that the Timex thing? Yes. And I haven't even seen Timex watches lately, you know, to even, to, how many have a Timex? Wozers. Very good. That's good. But the, 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 that watch, you know, they used to have the commercials and they would show it taking all this kind of abuse. And, you know, you could buy them at the, at the Rogers Flea Market for $4 and Walmart for 6 You know, but, but, but they, were, they were pretty good and they worked. They could take a licking. But in, interestingly enough, church, that was what uh, David would have to do. Look at 1 Samuel 18.10. And I'm going to read part of it and then we'll highlight part for you. Uh, 
David would have to notice that, that something was going to be happening to him because the next day an evil spirit from God came forcefully upon Saul. He was prophesying in his house. Interesting. While David was playing the harp as he usually did, Saul had a spear in his hand and he hurled it, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. 1 Samuel 18, 28. When David realized that, that Saul was with, excuse me, when Saul realized that the Lord was with David and that his daughter Micah loved David, Saul became still more afraid of him and he remained his enemy for the rest of his life. You would have thought that Saul thought of David as a Philistine. 1 Samuel 19, 11. Saul sent men to David's house to watch it and to kill him in the morning. There was a lot more scripture examples of, of how Saul and David got along so well together. But, that was a joke. Uh, but, have you got the idea? Have you got the idea? Saul did not like David. Do we get that feeling? Saul did not like him. He was a threat. And I say he was a threat because of a couple of reasons. Saul saw David as a godly man. Look at 1 Samuel 16, 13, the second half, B. From that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came on David in power. David, again, he was a man that made mistakes. He was not a perfect man, and I'll say that over and over. He was not a perfect man, but he was a godly man that God could use. Sometimes, church, we think we're not good enough. And God cannot use us because we made a mistake here, we made a mistake there. But God it looks to the heart. And he wants to see, and he wants, he has always a picture of restoration. He wants to pull us back. But Saul didn't like David. He didn't like him. And, and I'd say one of the reasons, he was a godly man, and he was a strong man. You know, I would call uh, David a type A. You know, he came into the camp, he saw that Philistine out there, and he said, what are we doing here? Why don't we just kill that guy, you know? And, and, uh, and Saul tried to put the armor on David. And he said, you know, I can't do that. Let me do with what I'm comfortable. David was, was a strong person. But he was also an anointed person. And I want to put up that same verse, 1 Samuel 16, 13, and, and put it in the message this time. Uh, Samuel took his flask of oil and anointed him. The Spirit of God entered David like a rush of wind, God vitally empowering him for the rest of his life. Samuel left and went home. Vitally empowering him for the rest of his life. And interestingly enough, Saul didn't like it. He didn't like that man that was a godly man. He didn't like that man was a strong man. He didn't like that anointed man. He didn't like... The man, because he was a well-liked person. 
And we'll talk about some of the reasons here in a minute. But he was a well-liked. The people just, they just raved about this guy because they said, man, Saul kills his thousands, but David kills his ten thousands. I found that over the years, some people do not like strong people around them. They, they have kind of a control issue. They do not like... And I've always liked to have people around me because I always feel like I need help. And, and we have some wonderful men that you have elected to be support to me. And, and these guys are sharp and bright, way brighter than I am in many different areas, and I appreciate them. And they sign the checks. I don't. They know where the money is spent. They either sign the check or they see the check register. And they, they watch over these things. And, and we can have a great time on, on the third Tuesdays, can't we, JC? And we laugh and we have a good time, but, but we look seriously at, at the business. I, and I like these people because they add to, to who I am in making this church strong. You know, I think of JC over there, good business head. And he, he's a good logical thinker. And as all our men are, he's a spiritual person. He loves God. Jim Danaher, law enforcement background, as most of you know. And uh, he's, he's a good practical, kind of on-the-ground on the law enforcement. And he always keeps us in stitches. I can't tell you one of his jokes because he's, he's not here today. But, but he's a wonderful addition to our team. And, and Richard back there, the coach, educator. And he adds that, that uniqueness to our team and, and the background. And he's a people person. And he thinks of things uh, through the, how people will, will respond to stuff. And Gary, all around, cool thinker, builder. Anything is possible with Gary Beebe. He can build it, design it, figure it out. Okay, do this. And, and he's a wonderful new member to our console and, uh, and the judge. Where's the judge? There he is, looking at the scriptures on his iPhone. Yes. Uh, and the judge, good legal attorney, business person, community guy. He knows everybody, you know. Just, and I can ask him, and, and he can help us. And, and, and doc, Dr. Lewis was, just went off the board, and he had added so much. Also, educator, big picture person, and, and could help us look strong people that come alongside of us. And if we can only realize that strong people can help us stronger, to be stronger. We think ministry. We think together. It was interesting in our last meeting when, when we were talking about contributing to a particular cause. And uh, JC said, I think we should give this much. Was that a moment or what, JC? And, and then the judge says, yes, that's what I was thinking, that exact number. And I said, yes, that's what I was thinking, the exact same number. You know, and, and it's begin as, as men uh, come together, not challenged by who they, they want to outdo somebody or appear smarter than everybody else on the block. We just come together, we add our wisdom, we hear, let God speak to us. Strong men coming together. Saul would have been a better person with a strong number two guy. That would be a good place to say amen. 
he would have been a better person. And, and I feel that David would have been a good second person. Second, uh, you know, a, a kind of a, a, a guy that alongside. But, but David, or Saul was not up to it. He was not, he couldn't handle that. That when people started talking about, uh, he killed, uh, Saul killed thousands and David killed ten thousands. He couldn't deal with that strong person beside him. But David would learn to take a licking and keep on ticking. Abuse, challenges, obstacles would be a part of his life, but he, what he didn't realize early on was that it would be a part of his training. You with me? And, and I think that's part of what we need to learn in, in level one class here. PFTT 101, obstacles and uh, disruptions and challenges. We need to understand in God's school, he is wanting to build us to be a better person than we were yesterday. You know, I'm, well, let me say it another way. I believe God is, is helping me to grow and to be a better person because of the people around me and, and the fact that we can understand as we work together, we can accomplish great things for God. You know, and, and, and Saul couldn't get that through his head, and he didn't quite get through uh, class number 101. Uh, I, I want to have us notice a couple more things about this particular area. Matthew 5.10 from the New Testament talks about the same concept. Uh, Matthew 5.10, you're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you to even, even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourself blessed every time people put you down or throw you out, speak lies about you to discredit me. You see, the spears that, that people at, attack to you, like the spears that David received from Saul, can come from different places. Those spears can come from enemy, from the enemy, the devil. I call that enemy fire. Spears can be thrown at us from the enemy, and we know all about that, and I'll, I'll, I'll not to take too long. Sometimes spears are thrown at us from what I call out of no place. Where did that come from? How many have been there? Where did that come from? You know, I thought I'd been a good guy, but the spears, those, those spears are coming at us, and, and we don't understand it. Enemy fire. Out of no place fire. And can we say friendly fire? And, and that's a military term, and that's kind of being shot by your own guys. And in that category, I think there are in friendly fire, there's friendly fire that comes at us unintentionally. Now, once in a while, just maybe twice over 40 or 50 years, I would, to the wife, I might say something that appeared to her as a little spear, but it was unintentional. And we husbands just hope that the wives take that 
as unintentional. How many know where I'm talking about? The unintentional friendly fire. Then there is the hurtful friendly fire. And, and it, can, it can hurt, and that was meant to hurt, if you know what I mean. But then there, I'll call it the purposeful friendly fire. And, and how many realize that sometimes the best kind of spear, this best kind of, of, uh, of disruptive things that throw us off kilter can be from our friends? Proverbs 27, 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend... Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. So what, what am I trying to say here is sometimes, church, if the wife tells me that my breath is bad, that is a good thing. Say amen. And sometimes I will get it from somebody else, you know. Here's a mint. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, friendly fire that was that had a good purpose, and and sometimes, if we're we're if we're thinking about it, church, that that a word in season from our friend, if if we if we accept it, can be a wonderful thing to move us along to the next level. And, and, and I think, you know, we, we sometimes are just saying, you know, but I would much rather have my wife tell me my breath is bad than somebody else, right? And I'd love to have her tell me that before I go to work, you know, and then go all day with the breath bad, you know. No, but, but friendly are the wounds or the spears of a friend. And when we understand that, but... But God, God also can throw some spears at us. He can throw some spears. And, and, he, and, and some of the disruptions God may allow to, be, to happen to us to, for his purposes. And, and then can I just say one more thing? And here it is, 12 o'clock. And I'm only through the level one class. Um, I think I'll continue with this next week. I thought it may happen. But um, let, me, let me just mention one other thing. We talked about the spears that happen in disruptive times in our lives. The spears that may be enemy fire, out of place, out of no place fire, friendly fire that could be intentional or unintentional or uh, hurtful. God fire that he may put into our lives for a purpose. But catch this line, and I think it can be valuable. Sometimes we are not quite... What's the word I want to say? Uh, sometimes we're too quick to label what kind of fire it is. Are you with me? You know, it, it can be a, an intentional, friendly fire. It can be a, an enemy fire. And, and we say, oh, I'm perfect. I don't need that spear. And, and when, when it actually happens after the fact, we can say, oh, yeah, 
And, and I, I think back, and I haven't been fired too many times, and I may have told you this illustration, but, you know, I was released. Let me say it that way. I was released. But I didn't realize, you know, I thought it was the enemy that released me. Uh, you know, he, he caused that thing to happen. But I realized, you know, down the line, that was a God thing. It was a God thing. And, and he allowed that to happen in my life for my improvement. You know, and I'm, I'm just going to, uh, in this little section... By, by, by saying this, and then, and then we're going to pick up uh, four more classes that we're going to take. And I'm, I'm going to try to get through all of them because uh, I have to because Carrie's speaking the week after that. So, but, uh, and I'll, I'll move a little quicker than, than today. But, but God is wanting us to say, it's almost like at the end of the class that you take in, in college or even high school, there's a final exam. And the final exam will say, did you learn the material that we've been talking about? Okay, we're going to take a check. We're going to give you a test. Uh, and we're going to find out if you passed. And, and sometimes God will, will allow something to happen to us. And he's just kind of checking how we respond to that. Do we respond to, respond to it in anger? Do we respond to it and, and, and kind of get all upset? Or do we respond in a godly way to that challenge, that disruption in our life? And if so, God will say, you passed. You can go on to class number two. You can go to 201. And, and God is wanting to say to us, that, that he has got a plan. I believe in God's word. I believe this word is, is that which will be for us. And, um, and it is something that he has a plan for us. And, and in, in the big picture, he made this body. All the miscellaneous parts. He made this earth. And, and he's, what he, I think he wants to say to us, look at my word and I will give you a productive, fruitful life. But if, if you disregard that and you say, oh, that, that's not for me. That's not for me. I, I can't accept that. And, and I don't believe that and, and I'm going to go my own way. And that seems to be what oftentimes happens in our culture today that so many people say that, oh, that religion of mom and dad doesn't apply to me today because I know and I'm going to decide if it's, if it's valid to me, if it makes sense to me, as if they're smart enough to know that. God is saying, I made you and I have the way that will make you productive and fruitful and if you understand that as, as you accept the blood and the, and, and the broken body and you accept this Jesus Christ into your heart and you begin to follow his plan in his book 
and understand that day by day by day by day, He wants to work in you. He will perfect you and prepare you as He was preparing David for the throne. He was preparing you for the throne. Would you bow your heads? And Nick and the praise singers, would you come? God has a special, special plan for us. And in church, I believe up and down these rows, and I, I would try to give every name, but I, I know most of you, but I might start to have a buffering problem and forget for a second. But I believe he's got a unique plan for everybody. He has got a... a and, and he's not going to just allow you to be the shepherd. He wants to move you. I don't care if you're 10 or you're 85. I believe God wants you in his own way to prepare you for another level than him. He wants to prepare you for the throne as he was preparing David for the throne. Bow your heads with me. Lord, Lord, we just believe that, that you saw in David a, a special heart, a heart to worship, a heart to praise, a heart to sing. And you saw in him something very special that you wanted to develop. And you saw in him a willingness to accept what you were going to be doing. As, as he took some abuse and as, as he worked through some ups and downs in his life, I believe he began to see that, that you wanted to do something special in him. Lord, let us see that that's a true for us, just as it was true for David. You want to, to bring us to a new level in you. A new level in you. Because you want us to, to demonstrate godliness and, and, and Christianity to a lost, dark, dark world. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you sing this song with us? It's just a kind of a cry of your heart that we can be used by Him. We're empty hands, but we can lift Him up. Stand, would you? Sing it, Nick. Held high, such a small sacrifice.
our spirits free. Help us to be able to go through the classes that you prepare for us. The, the 101 class that we talked about today and, and the 201 and 301 and 401 that we'll talk about next week. Lord, allow us to realize how, how you are wanting to, to intersect in our lives daily. And as we understand that desire, you will, will, will make us into the person that you want us to be in the days ahead. Be with our body, be with the Word of Life family, and just continue to watch over us. Allow us to be a, a, a channel for your grace and for your power and your glory. And I ask also, uh, in case we don't see them for a little while, be with the Sockas, the whole family, as, as they go about their new ministry and, and they're returning to their, their ministry over in Africa. And we'll be sure to praise you for what they accomplish. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Good to see you. Popcorn in the movie, 6 o'clock tonight. Let my life song sing to you. Let my life song sing to you. I want to sign your name to the end of this day, knowing that my heart was true. Let my life song sing to you.